Jeff Garo seems normal. He's a big, earnest, lovable guy with a shiny bald head. He's vegan, and in his early 30s, living in New Jersey with his fiancée. In his youth, he played in punk bands, but in the years since, he's worked unremarkable day jobs, crunching numbers in his office cubicle. Exceedingly normal. But at night, he transforms. That's Cannonball, the deathmatch wrestling alter ego of Jeff Guerrero. And right now, he's having nails hammered into his head by one of his best friends and current ring opponent, Matt Tremont. Blood is pouring out of his head wound. Those are real nails and real blood. And those screams, they're real too. But professional wrestling is fake, right? The barbed wire's not fake at all. Every time I've been hit with a fluorescent light bulb, that hasn't been fake at all. It all hurts. You know, I've got scars on my forehead that that aren't going to go away, so they're not fake. It's a freak show. Like you're looking at people cut themselves up, and that's that's what it is basically. Especially when you get into doing the more violent wrestling that I've kind of become more known for. Fluorescent light bulbs, barbed wire. That sounds like it could get very real, very fast. During a match, I got a cut on the top of my hand, and blood started actually squirting out of it. Like, I'm talking like a two-foot fountain of just blood just squirting out of my body. You you know, if that happens to me at home, I'm going to run out the door and go to the hospital. But in wrestling, it's kind of like this whole, like, I guess almost a primitive feeling where it's like, I kind of got excited about it because it was like, all right, now we look even more barbaric, which is what people want out of us. You're not going to see Jeff on TV. He wrestles in front of a couple hundred people on the weekends in converted gymnasiums and rec rooms. And despite taking and dishing out what seems like endless physical abuse, he makes less than $500 per match on a good night. What Jeff does as a deathmatch wrestler is hard to relate to. But why he does it? That's everything. You know, it's just as much who I am as the crappy day job, sitting in an office typing in numbers I don't care about for people I don't care about, you know, making money for somebody else. So for me, it's kind of like, I guess it's selfish, but in a way it's not because you got to find what makes you happy and you have to kind of stick to what it is that kind of keeps you going. And for me, it's always been wrestling. I know what my motivations are, and it's not to satisfy other people. It's to satisfy myself. That's what makes you happy. Like, it's something in you that people will never understand. you got to be careful what you pretend to be. And eventually, with some of these guys, they become the character. I'm Gotham Chopra from Religion of Sports. This is Why Sports Matter. In this episode, we explore authenticity and the way sports act as a vessel to get people closer to their true, authentic selves. If I didn't get that reaction, it probably wouldn't be nearly as worth it. Deathmatch wrestler Jeff Cannonball Guerrero knows the thrill of shocking an audience. The power and control that come from strutting into a dingy auditorium full of strangers and taking them on a gruesome ride. When I get the big reactions or like the car crash reactions, they're not golf clapping. And if they did golf clap, everything probably wouldn't be as worth it. Jeff's a storyteller. And over the course of one sweaty, scream-filled night, he wraps a crowd around his finger like, well, 
like barbed wire around a wiffle ball bat. You're watching these two or more people physically put each other through a bunch of really like hellacious types of things and, and permanently scar their bodies and it's all for somebody else's enjoyment. What leads someone to this world of torture and willful suffering? I've been a fan of wrestling all my life and I found the more violent side of wrestling, like deathmatch wrestling, when I was in, I want to say eighth grade, maybe maybe freshman year of high school. And I found a lot of like these old like Japanese tapes where they were doing all sorts of death matches with, you know, beds of nails and glass and, and all these things. So I, I fell in love with that too. Jeff fell in love with the storytelling, the characters, the extremes of the sport. And he approached the craft with respect for the dangers involved. My favorite wrestler when I was a kid was the Ultimate Warrior. And, and I loved Hacksaw Jim Duggan and all these people. And then I get a little bit older and I find wrestling that's these characters, but now they're also using these crazy weapons. He found he had a real capacity to endure pain. And the more extreme the acts of violence, the bigger the audience, the louder the applause. I have a higher pain tolerance than some people where I just kind of like get by it. And so like the cutting myself up thing just, it never got to me because I love doing it. And I think to an extent, I'm a bit of an attention whore. Standard wrestling is cool and all, but then once you pull out some crazy weapons or you fall through, you know, a contraption covered in, you know, nails and glass and things like that, you're going to have more people look at you. More weapons, more violence, more eyes watching. Kind of have the whole crowd going and it's a whole different, you're the performer now and you can't let the people down as dumb as that sounds to try to like vie for these strangers like satisfaction <laughs> there was one time probably september of last year where during a match i got a cut on the top of my hand and blood started actually squirting out of it like i'm talking like a two-foot fountain of just blood just squirting out of my body you you know if that happens to me at home i'm gonna run out the door and go to the hospital but in wrestling this is gonna sound crazy but i kind of got excited about it now, i've gotten a couple phone calls actually one from the hospital getting stitches maybe three that's Jeff's mom, Donna. He comes home with, I don't know, 13 in his back, two in his head, three here. And... I'm a parent. And honestly, I wouldn't be okay seeing my son doing what Jeff does. Neither was Donna, who's had issues with the violent wrestling since the beginning. One day he says, yeah, I think I'm just going to you know, quit school and go to wrestling school. I was like, no, I don't think so. But, and that's how it just one thing went into another, went to another, and... Next thing you know, I have to find out on Facebook that he's in Massachusetts or he's in Canada. Or I'll go through and I see the pictures of the blood coming out of his face. And I'm like, okay. The first time Donna went to see Jeff wrestle in a death match, she knew afterwards that she could never go back. We go to the match. And I'll never forget because my mom was there with my niece and nephews. They, oh, but that's just fake. It's fake. And I'm like, it's not. I saw him put that together. And it was, you know, and they're pulling all these thumbtacks out of his head. And yeah, I couldn't watch. Like I said, I don't think that's what I, mom wants to see. But once she gets in that ring, this person just all of a sudden comes out. Actually, what you see in the ring is somebody very different outside of the ring. In the ring... Jeff Guerrero's transformation into Cannonball is so complete that even his mom describes him as a different person. We wanted to know which of these personalities is the real Jeff Guerrero. Will the real one stand up? <laughs> I think, well, to me, I would like him just to be Jeff Guerrero. But I think overall, I think it's probably Jeff Cannonball because that's what he does constantly. You know, it would be Jeff Cannonball. The guy in the ring pulling thumbtacks out of his head. His own mother believes that's the real Jeff? 
I think with wrestlers, they are trying to um, reveal a secret part of their personality. That's Barry Blaustein. In 1999, he wrote and directed Beyond the Mat, one of the defining documentaries about the world of professional wrestling and its underground origins and heroes. He followed wrestling legends like Jake the Snake Roberts, Mick Foley, and Terry Funk, capturing the huge triumphs and incredible personal tolls that a wrestling career can inflict. He understands wrestlers in a way most can, which is why we asked him to shed more light on Jeff Cannonball. Is it possible that the guy Jeff plays in the ring is more than just a character? Kurt Vonnegut said, we are what we pretend to be. So you got to be careful what you pretend to be. And eventually, with so many of these guys, they become the character. Barry saw up close how lost some of these men became in the dramas they created for their beloved characters. With Beyond the Mat, you said half of the people in the movie are dead. Yeah. It, when you hear a wrestler died recently, and so many of them because of the pain pills they take, and it's hard to get off those pain pills, the somas and other things like that. That they die young, and or they die with enlarged hearts, or things like that, or addiction. Despite that, Barry also saw how empowering wrestling could be, and understood why wrestlers give up so much to continue doing it, even after their popularity has faded. In the ring, they feel totally in control of their lives. People go through lives feeling I have no control over everything. Well, in the 15 minutes they're in the ring, they control everything, and they can move the audience up, they move the audience down. It's a very rare person who is ultimately expressing their authentic self. That's my dad, Deepak Chopra, a renowned wellness expert. I asked him to talk about authenticity and to explore whether Jeff's extreme behavior may actually be an expression of who he really is. That the guy in the ring may actually be a more honest representation of Jeff than the guy at the office, or even the guy at home. Now, when somebody can authentically express their fantasies in their behavior and their actions, then they're getting closer to authentic self. They don't worry about outcome. They lose track of time. They are playful and transcend what comes as a result of the true self being overshadowed by the non-authentic self. Is it possible Jeff Cannonball Guerrero, a professional wrestler who gets pile-driven onto beds of nails and wraps himself in barbed wire, is an enlightened being? Who is the real Jeff Guerrero? To explore that question, we looked outside wrestling at some of the greatest professional athletes who have ever lived. Why Sports Matter is brought to you by Four Sigmatic. Adam, really, it's your girlfriend who is our biggest test case. What's she drinking these days? Well, my girlfriend has stuck with the chai latte. I just go with the original coffee because I'm more of a traditional mushroom coffee guy. But please note, it doesn't taste like mushrooms. No, it doesn't. That is very important. No jitters. As for me, I like Lion's Mane during the day and Rishi at night. Right now, when you go to foursigmatic.com slash WSM, you'll get 15% off your entire order. That's 15% off any order placed on Four Sigmatic's website. But you have to use my special URL. I've got my own URL, foursigmatic.com slash WSM. That's spelled F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash WSM. 
Why Sports Matter is brought to you by Stitch Fix, which Adam is getting a box on Saturday. I'm getting a box. I peeped actually what is coming in that box, but you're going to have to stick around for season two of Why Sports Matter to hear the stunning conclusion. As if I needed incentive, (laughs) but hey, that's a good one. Yeah. To be clear, Stitch Fix is an online personal styling service that finds and delivers clothes, shoes, and accessories to fit your body, budget, and lifestyle. Just go to stitchfix.com slash WSM and tell them your sizes, what styles you like, and how much you want to spend on each item. I assume you did this for the Saturday shipment? Yes, and I'd like to just reiterate on this how many options it gives you for your type of style. So you don't necessarily have to be super stylish. Why? Because at Stitch Fix, you get your own personal stylist and they send it right to your door, like the box, like Saturday coming for you. This is very exciting, actually, what's coming. It is. So then you try them on, pay only for what you love, and return the rest. So, what's your prediction for the Saturday shipment? Like, how much you can love? I think that is really up to my girlfriend. But they've made it very easy, you know, if it's a size too much or too little, then you can send it back and they'll send you exchange it. It's very important to note that shipping exchanges and returns are always free. So ship at will, exchange at will. That's right, that's right. There's also no subscription required and you can sign up and receive scheduled shipments or get your fix whenever you want. You like that? Get your fix. Stitch Fix styling fee is only 20 bucks, there it is, which is applied toward anything you keep from your shipment. So, you know, this is very cost effective. Get started now at stitchfix.com slash WSM and you'll get an extra 25% off when you keep all the items in your box. That's stitchfix.com slash WSM and get started today, stitchfix.com slash WSM. I think keep doing it because I know once I stop, I can never redo it. That's Tom Brady quarterback for the New England Patriots, the greatest quarterback who's ever lived, and one of the best athletes in the history of sports. Once you stop, you're done. I still feel there's things to accomplish. And I've had an opportunity, based on all the things that have happened the last 12 years of my life, you know, to put myself in a position to achieve things that no one else has achieved. So I feel like I kind of have to do it. The average NFL career is just over three years. Tom's playing in his 19th season. He's 41 now and still one of the best QBs in the league. And he has no plans to stop. I would love to play five more years. I'd love to play 41, 42, 43, 44, 45. It would be a challenge for me. I don't think it's going to be easy. I don't think 35, 36, 37, 38 was easy either. It's fucking going to be hard to do. But I think I can do it. Playing professional football is no joke. It takes a tremendous toll on the body, the physical effects of which extend far beyond players' careers. And so few will achieve what Tom Brady has. Even at the most elite level, for many, the sacrifice sometimes just isn't worth it. I look back at like how I got started and, and everything, and I think I could never do it again. That's Michael Strahan, Hall of Fame lineman and former New York Giant. We asked him if the sacrifice to play in the NFL had been worth it. I'll be honest with you. If somebody came to me and said, Michael, you could do it all over again, I just could not go through what I had to go through to get there. Because now I know how tough it was. But when I was in it, 
and young and full of energy. It's like, that's what I got to do. Now, looking back, there's no way. I just say, hey, I'll go get a job doing anything else. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't need all this. I just don't want to go through it again because it's that tough. But at the time, there was something in me that wouldn't let me shortchange that. Wouldn't let me stop until I felt fulfilled in a certain way. So I, I understand everybody's battle and everybody has their different reasons for fighting. And, and, and some people have personal things. Some people is to prove something to themselves. Sometimes to prove something to somebody else. Sometimes there's something they don't even realize that happened to them that makes them so competitive. Extraordinary people also have addictive tendencies. That's my dad again, Deepak Chopra. Addiction to performance, addiction to perfection, addiction to um, sensation, addiction to power. And all these come with the territory. Tom Brady has made millions. He's accomplished more on the field than any other athlete, arguably, in history. He has a wife and kids. He has what many might consider the perfect life. So why continue to put himself through the physical pain and sacrifice needed to perform at an elite level? When I'm out in the field in front of 70,000 people, I can kind of do what I want. You know, I can really be who I am. I get to be me with my raw emotion and energy. And, you know, if I want to scream at somebody, I can scream at somebody. But you don't really ever see me do that anyplace else. The real Tom Brady. If the guy on the field is the real Tom, then who is the guy we see off of it? In so many ways, I can be myself out there on the field. That in a lot of ways, I can't be myself if I don't feel protected. You know, if I'm around people I don't know, and I know that a conversation is going to go outside of the people that are I'm having the conversation with, I don't say much. And I think my way of protecting myself from that is to isolate myself, you know, because I'm protective of who I am and I don't trust a lot of people. So that's why I probably I love football so much because it allows me to be who I am in a very authentic way that is hard for me to be, you know, when I walk off the field. The football field is a sacred place for Tom, an arena that unlocks a part of his authentic self. When somebody can authentically express their fantasies in their behavior and their actions, then they are getting closer to authentic self because they actually transcend what comes as a result of the true self being overshadowed by the non-authentic self. So they experience what is called flow. Flow. Most of us have experienced it or observed someone experiencing it. A basketball shooter who's hot and seemingly can't miss. A school or work presentation that felt almost divinely inspired. Flow is a sign. There's no resistance. There's no anticipation. There's no regret. There's just the moment. And there is also what I think is spontaneous right action. Flow state is the ultimate expression of the authentic self. And we all aspire to feel it. From elite athletes to weekend warriors to a kid picking up a football for the first time. Tom Brady summed up that feeling and the pursuit of that feeling in his own way. What does it feel like on the field when you feel like you're in that flow state? What does it feel like for you to be performing at that level? Oh, it's great. I mean, I think for me, what I look for is like the perfect pass. And um, that's a daily thing for me. 
And it's almost like a high when I could take the ball and then, you know, when I've been thinking about my mechanics and and I, the ball goes with the velocity I want, the accuracy I want, and then I just want it again. And then I want it again, and then I want it again. It's a high, addictive. If there was a place where week after week, you could tap into that flow, where you could feel completely free, wouldn't you hold on to that for dear life too? It makes sense why Tom wouldn't want to give that up. I mean, I think the last eight years of my career have been better than the first sure. 10. You know, so I should just prolong it. And you know, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, be like getting close to the top of the mountain and be like, ah, that's good, I'm good. It's like, no, you're really hard to get to this point. Why not finish it off? But this practice of endless damage to one's body can't last forever. Regardless of whether you're making $200 a night in divey auditoriums across the mid-Atlantic or tens of millions in lucrative NFL contracts. And for elite athletes, have reached the pinnacle of professional achievement, whose careers have helped define a large part of their lives. What happens when it ends? Michael Strahan went through it himself and had some thoughts about the eventual end of Tom Brady's playing career, the void he will inevitably face without playing football. What are you going to fill it with? And that's the decision that hopefully he's thinking about now, which I think he is, you know, and, and he's a smart guy. And he got a long life ahead of him after football. It's tough to give up. I mean, God, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie. People may look and go, oh, look at Michael. He just knew. Michael had no idea. I was scared. And I understand that void that Tom talks about. People look at him and they think, oh, come on, look at this guy. He's won these Super Bowls. And he, everybody knows him. He's world famous. His wife, his kids. But there's still some insecurity and there's still some fear there once you can find the ability or if you have the ability to transfer a lot of the energy and the preparation and the thought process into businesses or something that you're interested in you'll have the same success or close to being a five foot nine fat guy there's no reason why i should be making any money off of wrestling that's deathmatch wrestler jeff cannonball guerrero because I don't look like a Hulk Hogan and I'll never, you know, wrestle like uh, Eddie Guerrero or, or any of these technical guys. You know, I'm 31 years old and I probably have knees that probably belong in somebody who's like in, in their 50s right now because I'm a big dude who has to get up, fall down, jump off something, jump on somebody, pick somebody up, move around, throw people around. Jeff hasn't achieved a fraction of the financial or athletic success Tom Brady has. No matter how long he submits to the perils of deathmatch wrestling, he won't ever receive the worldwide adulation of an NFL superstar. On its face, it might seem crazy to compare these two athletes. But many days, both Tom Brady and Jeff Guerrero risk serious damage to their bodies to achieve a rare experience, discovering their authentic selves in their chosen sport. And as time goes on, They'll have to answer a very similar question about how to find themselves again once age or injury have forced their retirement from professional sports. Barry Blaustein saw this phenomenon up close among the professional wrestling greats he followed in his documentary Beyond the Mat, sometimes with tragic results. Many former stars were never able to recreate what they felt in the ring. And when that no longer existed, they became shelves of their former selves. In the ring, they feel totally in control of their lives. People go through lives feeling I have no control over everything. Well, in the 15 minutes they're in the ring, they control everything, and they can move the audience up, they move the audience down. 
I'm sure Tom Brady feels on that football field, I'm the master of everything. And in real life, you don't feel the master of everything. You get caught in traffic. You have somebody you got to answer to. There's taxes. So whatever problems people have. The question is, in three, four years now, five years from now, when his body is breaking down, does he continue doing it? Or does he find satisfaction elsewhere? And that feeling Tom has on the field, or Jeff in the ring, that rush of competition, of expressing one's true self, and the incomparable satisfaction that comes from it. How does one replace that? He's got to find another way of expressing it. And people forget. One day people will forget about as great as Tom Brady is, and I, I think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. People forget who Joe Namath was. I saw Joe Namath on an ad the other day. I'm going, how many people remember Joe Namath? Tom seems to know this. While still fully committed to the game, the competition, and to winning even more record-setting Super Bowl rings, he's looking to the future, considering the emotional and spiritual transition on his horizon. When I stop playing, I'll still have that drive. I'll still have that desire to be the best version of myself. And that's daily work. It's not like you just mail it in. It's not like I'm on autopilot. So I've got to work hard at those things. You know, you always need to grow as an, and evolve to me as a person and as a teammate, as a husband, as a father. And I'm a lot of things. And I want to be great at all those things. Or I want to be the best I can be at those things. Maybe you have different buckets in your life that you can always reach into. You know, a lot of things that motivate you or inspire you. What my deeper purpose is and how I am here and what my challenges are, what my opportunities for growth are, what my influence on other people can be, you know, to deepen my own purpose in my own life. This won't be the only path that I'm on, you know, for the next, hopefully, 50, 60 years of my life. I know what my motivations are, and it's not to satisfy other people. It's to satisfy myself. And if I'm satisfied with myself, I'm good. I really am. I, I feel good. You know, I'm going to live a very purposeful life. What about Jeff Cannonball Guerrero? He is neither the fame nor the financial security of Tom Brady. His community, identity, and dreams are all tied into his ability to wrestle. So what happens when his body breaks down and he can't wrestle anymore? I'll be honest, like, thinking about the, the kind of the long-term effects and the, the aches and pains, it didn't ever become like a reality to me until somewhat recently where knock on wood i've been wrestling for eight years and i've been doing the more violent stuff for about five of those years i've only ended up in the hospital twice it sounds crazy and maybe it sounds like i kind of don't have the best care for my own health or my own well-being but I, I try not to think about it still and i'm sure no doctor in the world would say yeah just uh pretend it's not there but that's what i've been doing because I really like wrestling, <laughs> and I, I don't want to give it up right now. And my life after wrestling, I'll worry about that when I get there. Is Jeff delusional? Has he convinced himself that playing that character is the only way he can find meaning in his life? His own health be damned? Those questions brought us back to the Kurt Vonnegut quote Barry Blaustein alluded to before. We are what we pretend to be. So you got to be careful what you pretend to be. And eventually, with so many of these guys, they become the character. Has Jeff become the character, addicted to the feeling he gets in the ring? Should we be worried that Jeff is on the verge of becoming one of the tragic stories Barry has seen so many times with wrestlers? When you look to Jeff, do you see a sad story in him? No, because he knows who he is. What do you mean by that? 
he knows he's not he doesn't have dreams of one day I'm making it big and all this if this this is something I enjoy doing and I'm doing it. It might not be the way I choose to live my life or you choose to live your life. However, he's living life on his own terms and he seems to be enjoying it. So who is the real Jeff Guerrero? Is it the freakishly violent superhero in the ring at night? The crazy character he's created? Or is it the soft-spoken vegan at his cubicle during the day, chatting it up with co-workers, crunching numbers? I think the real me is the performer. And I think the real me has more to do with enjoying being in front of a crowd and telling these violent stories and less to do with, you know, me throwing somebody onto a bunch of, uh, I don't know, name any sharp object and put that attached to a piece of wood because the real me wouldn't want to do that to anybody. Like Tom Brady... Jeff is seeking something indescribably special from the part of him that emerges on the field of play. Authenticity. Joy. Flow. But he knows that's not the whole picture. And he knows that it's not forever. It's one part, an important part, the complex person each of us is. And in finding such a pure form of expression, Jeff, like Tom Brady is building meaningful structures in his life that will serve beyond his athletic career. Barry Blaustein explains. We're not just one thing. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's about three years ago. So one of the things that I do is I box. And I'm amazed how angry I get when I do it. I realize it's maybe my way of saying I hate having this disease and all this stuff. But that's part of who we are. I think we're composed of all these different elements. A week before we met Jeff Guerrero, he proposed to his girlfriend Jess, who, in a twist worthy of a professional wrestling storyline, is also a deathmatch wrestler. Several months ago, they actually faced off in the ring. They booked it as a uh, till death do us part deathmatch. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, um, it was fun. <laughs> I hit her with a barbed wire bat in the back very, very hard. Oh, hardly. my God. Probably harder than I'd like to admit I did. <laughs> I guess the obvious question is, how did that uh, affect the relationship? <laughs> <laughs> we're still here, so <laughs> it didn't do any damage. I do think he does have in the back of his mind that anything he does to me that hurts, he's going to have to deal with later. Jeff's engagement to Jess is just another in a long line of reminders of all that wrestling has given him. I've been doing it for it's just over eight years now. I don't move too fast anymore because my knees are shot and my back hurts all the time or uh, my left arm is scarred beyond you know recognition at this point. It's something that I wouldn't trade in for the world because it's a lot of what makes me tick and it's a lot of like what makes me happy with life. It's just become this incredible thing and I wouldn't trade in for anything. You know, it's how I met my fiance right now was through wrestling and it's how I met a lot of friends who uh, two of which will be in my wedding wrestling is just as much a part of who I am as the crappy day job sitting in an office typing in numbers I don't care about for people I don't care about you know making money for somebody else so for me it's kind of like I guess it's selfish but in a way it's not because you got to find what makes you happy and you have to kind of stick to what it is that kind of keeps you going and for me it's always been wrestling We are what we pretend to be, so be careful what you pretend to be. If we spend too much time pretending to be normal, giving in to the sometimes depressing details of life that are outside of our control, don't we risk losing the parts of us that are most vibrant, most bold and unique? In everyone's mind, I think they have their own expectation of what they want their life to be and where you get your enjoyment and fulfillment. And some people can reach a professional level of doing that. 
and others just can't. But it doesn't mean people should stop short of what their goals or their dreams are. So if your dream is to, you know, be a wrestler, why can't you just be a wrestler? When I hear about somebody who's making 500 bucks wrestling, putting the cheese grater on their head and all that, <laughs> the first thing I think is you're crazy. But then secondly, as a former athlete, I understand because that's what makes you happy. Like it's something in you that people will never understand. What does the future hold for Jeff? Will he continue to find happiness and contentment even when his wrestling days are over? Who knows? But he'll probably be fighting this Saturday night. Barbed wire. Nails protruding from his head. And loving every minute of it. The pros outweigh the cons, and I wouldn't trade in all the good things I get out of wrestling, all the positive life experiences, all the weird life experiences that, you know, nobody nobody else I know kind of has the same ones as me. I wouldn't trade those in because... I, I really like the, the positive side of wrestling. I really like the positive side of my life. And for me, it's worth every little scar I have. Why Sports Matter is a Religion of Sports and Cadence 13 production. Adam Schlossman is our producer. Ian Holgis, our writer. Music is from Michael Kramer. Chris Basil and Rich Berner, our editors, and Kevin Richter, our engineer. Amit Sunkaran is the executive producer. Luciano Del Villar and Joe Levin are associate producers. Special thanks to Chris Corcoran, Rich Cook, Matt Havia, Sean Cherry, Giselle Peretz, Eric LeDrew, Carrie Nelson, and Parker Reese. Subscribe to Why Sports Matter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode and know some friends that might enjoy it too, please share it with them. We'd be very, very grateful for a positive rating and review. Guys, thanks so much for listening this season. It's been a blast. We've learned a lot. Hope you have too. Because of your support, coming back with season two in a few months. 